You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares the wisdom of the Hasidic master, Rabbi Kolonimus Kalman Shapira of Piazetsna. Through the Piazetsna Rebbe's various works, Rabbi Ami guides us on a unique path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine that is steeped in the Jewish mystical tradition. Okay, so we're we're learning tonight in Sefer Hamelech, Parshat Vayera, Tafresh Peitet. I believe that's nineteen twenty-nine. So he's quoting off in the of Yisrael, uh, the after of. And Parshat Pechukotai it says, "If you walk in my ways, that means with Hatishmaru, etc., and you do all my mitzvot." So God says, I'll give you rain at the right time, in the right season. So the obvious Yisrael asks, What kind of response is this? You would think, we have this principle that God acts, that somehow the things that we do get like a mirror response from God, similar in its quality. So doing mitzvot, what does that have to do with getting rain at the right time? The Amar Show, so the Abdur Rab gives an answer. Shalif Amin ba'eta Torah v'tvi lashelo ein ha'adam yachol limod v'hikvelo kolavi. There's times when you're learning or davening, and you cannot learn or daven properly. Like you're sitting there with a the safe open, you're sitting there davening, and it's just not going. It's just you're not there. Everyone's nodding, right? This is this is like thank you for saying that. <laughs> But then there's sometimes when it's like later, hours later, you're not learning anymore. The davening happened. And then all of a sudden, your mind perks up. You're, you, you get this, you finally become conscious. You might even get this, this light poured into you, some kind of inspiration. It bothers you though. Because couldn't I have felt it when I was davening? Couldn't I have gotten excited when I was davening and not just uh, when I saw somebody make an amazing, you know, shot from half court on TV? <laughs> I mean, it's not, he, he's saying, oh, sometimes it just strikes you. But it bothers us. We, we wish that our excitement and inspiration and our arousal was happening at the time when we were davening or learning. But sometimes it comes at the wrong time, so to speak. You don't get trouble. Disconnected, right? This is the promise. I'm going to give you rain, which he says means that light that comes down from beyond you, the inspiration that God pours into you. It's like rain, right? It's sustenance that comes beyond you. I'm going to give it to you at the right time. This is the this is the the promise. And now I'm I'm even just as we're saying asking myself the question: What's the midah kenegin midah? How does that answer? I actually looked in the Ovi Israel and it's not found in Parsha Bukhukotai this Torah, so it must be like quoted somewhere else on this pasuk. Um, but it sounds to me that there's some kind of deeper engagement with Torah and mitzvot that God says in that way. If you're tapping into it in that way, then then don't worry, you're gonna you're gonna receive. The response to the right time. 
Hine, so now, so now the, the PSS are speaking. Hine lo al perush hamilot kipshutan ulchaven mashalomed blimu torato mitkaven mazel. When, when the, the Oiv Yisrael is saying that you don't receive that light in your learning or in your davening, he's not just speaking about having kavan of perush hamilot kipshutan, focusing on what each word means that you're saying, or to, to really get just a clear sort of logical sense of what I'm learning, be able to reading comprehension, right? When, when he says that you're, you're upset afterwards, that you couldn't have this kind of kavana, and you're learning a davening, we're not just talking about perush hamilot. We're not just talking about understanding the words. Or to, it's not even saying, you know, I couldn't rein my focus in enough to get what the Gemara was saying. That such that God then promises, don't worry, I'm going to give it to you. And he says, this. Focusing your mind, under, getting to the point where you cannot follow the words, breaking your head over it even till you, till you get it, that is within your control. Just like you have, at some level, you have, you're able to exercise will in choosing. So if the question is just, I couldn't force myself to sit there long enough Till I understood the Gemara, or I couldn't just get rid of my distractions enough to understand the words. Like this is not what we're talking about when God is promising you, "I'm going to give it to you," because that is up to you. To, that is within our control. Doesn't always feel that way, right? but he's saying he's saying this is. And he goes deeper into it. Even if we want to talk about, you know, well, maybe it means I just had all these kind of, I was thinking about other things when I was davening. So he said, yeah, it could be the bilbul rishon, that first level of, of uh, distraction, I'm not really in control of. But I'm still able to exercise will in what I do with that. That's all he's saying. All of this is within our, our domain. The quiet distraction, the focus on what we're reading, to understand the words, to be patient. Okay. <laughs> He's saying somebody who, who has awareness, fear of God, and the negative of an awareness of the immediate, immediate awareness of of Baruch Hu and strong will to be close to God. So when you have these kinds of thoughts that come up, even though they're not really in our control if they're going to float into there or not, you can you can remove them, push them away. So. In general, there's tons of confusing and distracting thoughts that enter our minds when we're serving God. It's not because of some kind of 
yitzhara, some kind of deep desire for things that are ungodly or unholy. That's not even what he's talking about. Just Our minds are, are light. They're fluid. Mashal. Think about someone who has a very, very strong will to earn money. A salesman. Every thought of his is entrenched in his business. You don't even have time to think about other things. There's no space for it to enter in. You know, people will stop talking to their family. People will forget to eat. People, all these things that you're, your mind is occupied because your, your desire, your will for something is so strong that that subsumes your, your thinking. If your mind and your will aren't attached to something specific, so your mind is, is light, it's fluid, all kinds of different thoughts float across there. Like a child. There's thousands of thoughts streaming through their mind every single day. One then leads to another one and gets caught in another one. And all of this we've been talking about, this is not what the Torah is promising you, that God is going to come in and rein in your focus, keep you from distraction. This is all within our grasp. What we're talking about is something beyond, right? There's some kind of response from Hashem that, that's being spoken about here that's coming from beyond us. What Israel is talking about, I'm going to give you that rain at the time when you are in learning, at the time when you are engaged in, in Tefillah and in Torah, it's the Or Shemi Notzet Ve'isha Yisrael. It's the light that just flares up and sparks up within you. Bishat Torah Torah It's feeling something that he's calling Or. Feel some kind of contact with something. It's not just I'm focused, I'm understanding, chopped it. The promise of Venatati Kishmechem Bitam is that you're going to have light from above you. That's something beyond you. That's, that's going to be there for you. Right, which is a really helpful thing to not feel like I'm just schlepping along doing the religious stuff and it feels like nothing. No contact, right? So Bitam is no small thing. To feel or in it, to feel that there's 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 something here, something real here. This is something we've seen the Rebbe say a couple of times already. Even though it seems to us that Torah is just an intellectual enterprise, learning Torah, or Thing. What's happening in, 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 in really connecting with Torah is that there's there's light that is resting upon you and entering into it. You're not just reading a book with your mind. It's not just an intellectual en- enterprise or exercise to you. 
we can make it into that. But he's saying that's not what it is. That's not all it is. So it's something that's talui. We need we need some kind of support and help beyond beyond us in order to for the Torah to be something that enters in. Right? There's, there's stuff like this all over Chazal, over the Gemara. I mean, Bichlal, what, what's the Aramaic word for Torah? Oraita, the light. Oraita. Um, but I was thinking of some of the other things, like, uh, you know, someone who learns Torah at night, there's some kind of, like, effect upon you. Um, but more and more specifically, this one, uh, the exact possible because if only they would abandon me and keep my Torah. Why? Because the light that's in the Torah would bring you back. There's something for anyone who's at a taste. Like, what does it mean to taste something special, something holy, something 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 true in the learning? It's not just about like, oh, it made a lot of sense. That's helpful, you know, but, but that's not all it is. That's not all it is. We, wouldn't, we don't have a religion based on, on, on figuring out, you know, mathematical equations or, or laws. It's, it's the, 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 the passion for Torah, the love for Torah, the desire for Torah, all of that, which I was going to be speaking of, it, it comes from sensing something deeper, something more important within it. This is all of what Torah and Tefillah is in an Ish Israel, in a person of Israel. It's a kind of coming together. It's a kind of becoming one. By the way, that bracha, Hazal says, can be, is a repl- can, is, can be a replacement for Birkat Torah. You didn't say Birkat Torah in the morning. You say, Ava, Rava, Ava, Olam, and Shema, and you've said Birkat Torah, and you've learned Torah by saying Shema. The reason I'm saying is because when you read that, if you read that bracha with the kavana or the understanding that this is what Birkat Torah is, it's something completely different than It's you've showed us a you've showed us your your ratzon in the world. Um, it's, it's a bracha of ahava. You basically handed over love to us, and I could go on about this. But you know, even uh, the what, the the version we say in Maru. Right? The verb you say in Marif is uh, So what is the love? What is the eternal love? You taught us this Torah. You've given it to us. We're going we're gonna to be overjoyed from your Torah. Don't, like Torah is going to bring, be something that we're involved in day, all the days and night of our life, because it is our life. Don't ever remove your love from us. Love in that bracha is just a replacement for Torah. It's just another word for Torah in those brachot. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. the, the, shot of the, the shot of those brachot is that ahava, 
is the, is the name of what Torah is. So, the Rebbe is saying that the, the truth of what Torah and Tefillah is for us is a kind of yichud, it's a kind of becoming one with something. Bring us into a place of, of togetherness, of unity. All of our avoda, all, everything we do is, is, is a yichud. Now, that word in, in Kabbalistic tradition has a whole set of meanings attached to it. But that's not even, the Rebbe saying it on a, on a more basic level. And we're not talking about a special yichudim um, and kavanot and rolling the snow and, and prostrating over the grave. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about just the very thing that draws us, or the very thing that draws us to tefillah is that we are I'll say more explicitly, we're seeking unity. We're seeking unity. And we are engaging in becoming more whole, more united. Rambam brings us this brought in the Sifre Kabbalah, Right? Rambam has a third one in there, and I think it's the Deya or the Dat. That, 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 Thank you. That Hashem is both the knower and that which is known. When I know something, or even just when I'm aware of something, there's me, and there's this thing that I come to know. I'm the Yodea, I'm the knower, I have consciousness, I come to know something. And that thing is what is yadua ali. That thing becomes known to me. Klomar et This thing, I, the knower, now know. I'm reading this fast because it's, it's a bit of a stickle philosophical. I'm just trying to say it succinctly. I. Not only is my da'at, my knowledge, my awareness increased and expanded by other things, yeah? I don't know something before I know it. Once I know it, there's more knowledge that I have, that I can think. But also, my mind is more kevet v'ne'edert shleimut My mind on its own doesn't know everything. It's lacking. It's incomplete. I... I become more and more complete by gaining more and more proper knowledge. It fills me up. It expands me. I don't have it all. This is why we say that God is also the knower and also the known. Because it's not like God doesn't know stuff and then learn stuff. Okay. That which Hashem comes to know is also part of Hashem. There's nothing that Hashem is, is coming to know something other, distinct from, separate from. This is almost word for word from the Gemara, I mean from, from the Rambam, that the process of knowledge, in, when we talk about it, about God, is that 
That is knowing God's own self. And through knowledge of God's own self, God knows all. Look in the Torah. He says it beautifully. But basically, the, the main thing to, to distill here is that we have a separation between ourselves and that which we know. Things outside of ourselves that we are completed by, that we fill ourselves by, that add to, to our da'at. That's distinct from when we talk about godly da'at, that's something that's all inclusive within one singular self. Okay. So here is where. I, I don't know where the Rebbe got this from. I don't know if it's, if it's his Chidush or if he brought it from somewhere else. Because Hashem's honor goes through stage after stage after stage in creation to become embodied through Am Yisrael when it, in, in the world of creation. Yeah? The Yodea aspect, that godly aspect of the knower, the one who knows, he says is sort of channeled into, into the people of B'nai Israel. But the Yadua aspect, that which is known, that godly part that is known, becomes embodied by Torah, which is God. Yes, but we're talking about things that as, as they come from their source into this world, they take on separate, partial um, existence. So we become that part of God that's the knower, is what B'nai Israel sort of received. And that part of God, which is that the known, is, is what the Torah. Right now, all he's saying is that in God knowing, the knower and that which is known are all one. But in our world, as creation gets distanced from its source and takes on all sorts of separate en entities and qualities, so B'nai gets that quality of knowing, of knower, and the Torah is the quality of know, of that which is known. But then when we know a piece of Torah, there's a Yehud. That's where, where he's going, and what Yehud is. I mean, just, but just think about before we get there, like, Jewish people learn Torah to try to know God. Okay? Think about it that way. It's like if the da'at of the unity of God is all in one. So mm -hmm. we become knowers, and that which we seek to know is the known, is, is Torah. That's where we turn to, to, come, to, to come close to God. Okay? So let, let's just hear, let's hear his words. Devar echad in gamata. The knower and the knowledge, B'nai Yisrael and Torah, they're one single unit. Now two. They're not, it's not that they are one in God and they're not one here. They, they are in their, in their essence one. But the, the process of creation goes, goes into this world of, of what is the good word? Bifurcation. Separateness. Bifurcation. Things become divided. Divided. Perud. Perud. It's a world of, of separation. And in that world of separation, it doesn't come into the world as one thing, as Torah and Menesha as being actually one. For that, the knower and the known to all be 
uncovered as one even in, in the Matherana, which is reminding me what the Ovi Yisrael said. There's times when you learn Torah, and there's just nothing there. There's no order there. If, the, if, if I'm the, knowledge, the knower, the, the, the godly peace that seeks knowledge is active in me, and the place where I'm going to gain that knowledge is in the Torah, shouldn't the Torah be revelatory all the time? Shouldn't I just open the book and, and be wowed by God? But it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen. Maybe I'm not being as much of a yodea as I should be. I don't have as much yagiya in my, in my pursuit of... Okay, but, but, but just before we get to the yeah. why or the how or the what, it's a madavar that it's not always the case. And if this comes from God and my soul comes from God, shouldn't we just be delighting in God? Shouldn't, shouldn't those words of shouldn't that all just be how we feel it and experience it, but it's just not. Because the world functions in this way of, of, of Perud, of Mikablim, of each part of creation is its own kind of receptacle. And there's, there's something to do with that, though. There's something that we need to do with that. Okay? But that is how we receive life. We receive life in separate unique individual qualities and pockets and forms. It says the, the thing is though that in, in their in their core, our consciousness and the Torah, they're all just part of this singular achdut still. They both come from that God, Yodea, Yadua, Mada, unity, but how they appear in our world is separate. Imagine you saw, one person saw a fire from far away. There's something shining out there in this. But his friend was blind. He touched it. He says, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. I got burned today by something. They saw, it's the same fire they're talking about. It's not that one became light and one became heat. Because the two people, each one have limited perspective. One's standing far away, so he doesn't feel the heat. One can't see, so he doesn't see the light. Each one is just absorbing a different, separate part of it. But the fire is one single fire. I think there's a famous uh, either Hindu or Buddhist uh, thing about the elephant, no? You touch the elephant, you smell the elephant. It's a similar kind of... I don't know, maybe, I don't, that, that's all I know about it. <laughs> but there's, there's the elephant, so there's a fire. I can see the fire from far away. You wouldn't imagine what I saw. Oh, you know, that's really funny. I got burned by something today. It was so hot. I don't know how it got there. I don't even know what it was. We're all talking about the same thing, but we see or experience it as something completely separate and different because of how we are composed. Because we are composed with, with through limitation. So... This is his mashal for Torah, for my consciousness and for Torah. I, I don't look in the Torah and see myself. I don't look in the Torah and see God. I open a book and I try to read it and understand it. And once in a while, 
if I'm really lucky or something really connects, so I'll have a sense of something. But I don't have a clear, right? This is the, it's not bigalui. It's not revealed to me how my da'at and the, my yodea, my knowing, and the yadua of Torah are part of, or participating in this godly unity. That's not, that's not clear to me. So, therefore, because of these limits built into our Creator, the Orha Elyon, that higher revelation, he's calling that the light, that it's one thing. In our bodies, in our created state, we can't really comprehend. We cannot apprehend that. We get a part of it, which is, which is the Yodea, the one who knows, or the one who wants to know, or the one who is capable of coming. Yodea. And the portion of Torah that descended into this world, but the Torah similarly becomes limited when it's brought into worldly form. And it takes on just a part of the whole thing, which is the Yadua, which is, that's where the knowledge lies. Now he quotes here the Midrash, which Midrash says, Torah, novelet chokmah. It's, Torah is like a shorn off shard of wisdom. It's like a fall, a dried off fallen leaf of, of, of true chokmah. The Torah is this is this drifted, drifted, dry leaf. Novelet Chochmah. Which is which is just an expression of we know the Torah comes from the source, but it's a, it's a, even the Torah itself is so it's such infinitely limited form compared to where it comes from. <laughs> it might be kind of a paradox here, I don't know. But. Now listen when he says, V'zehu kol trukat Yisrael Torah. This is where our, why we have a desire for Torah. And why when we can't understand something, it bothers us, it pains us. And when you, when you know it, when you come to know something Torah, you, you, you feel pleasure, you're happy. Makes you happy. Achipus, hakodem, the searching after Torah, the pain before you come to know Torah, before you understand. Right, the Gemara in the beginning of Kiddushin asks, why is it the way of the world that men chase after women? Know this Gemara? And, uh, and they say that they, they bring from the creation of Adam and Chava that a piece of Adam was brought out to build Chava. Mm-hmm. And someone who's lost something feels the loss and seeks completion. Right? Love between people is people seeking to complete that which they're lacking. Feel missing and we're seeking to, to fill that space. 
So he says, this is, this is why it hurts when you don't know Torah or you haven't understood or you don't have it. You're searching after yourself. You're searching for yourself. You're chasing yourself. You feel, you feel that part of you that's missing and you're looking for it. And when you come to know it, you connect with it. You're filled with a, a deeply satisfying pleasure of a yichud You've you reunified. You've come back together with that missing part. The person themselves becomes more whole, more one. Right, what Adam said when he, this is a bone of my bone, a piece of my own flesh. That is what it, that's what the feeling is when, when, we, when we really touch Torah, when we really get it. When we, what, what's called Lada'at, right? Da'at is, is about becoming one. Adam yada'at That is about unifying, coming back together after being separated. That is why we seek Torah, that's why it hurts us when we don't have it, why we care so much about it, and why we feel such deep joy when we, when we get it. Eternalism. It's a yiku, because that missing part finds us. We find our homes. We find the piece of ourselves that is missing, that we felt missing. But this, re- this is why learning Torah also needs it needs some kind of push from above, from beyond We need the knower inside of us, the one pursuing its missing part, to be activated. The yodea has to be meirban, has to be awake and alive in us. That has to be there to push Right to strive to seek. Then that part can really seek out the adua, the part that belongs. That's a piece of it, right? If a person wants to learn Torah with their mind alone, apart from the fact that they're going to be terribly mistaken. Listen to his language here. And they're, they're going to be finding ways to, to, to say that a sheritz, which is itself um, impure, to say, give 150 reasons why, it can be, why you can say that it's pure. All these kind of twisted. So, so I think what he's saying, on the one hand, is like if you're just going at it with your brain, just going at it intellectually, you're not going to really see what it is. You're just going to be manipulated. Our brains are manipulative. And if we're, we're learning Torah just through, just with that same kind of intellectual approach, we're just going to do the same thing with Torah. We're just going to you know, craft it after what, what our mind has already figured it, figured it wanted to be. But So he says, beyond the fact that this is what it's going to be like, even when it comes to happen that we really gain da'at with Torah, 
It's going to be happenstance. It's going to be we accidentally bump into each other. It won't be real idea, and you won't have any real flavor. He's using the languages here of Da'at and Mikra, and Mikre, which are, are words that have to do with intimacy or lack of intimacy. Was this a happenstance meeting? Did you just bump into your partner in the street and not know who each other is, are? Or did you get married and, and build a relationship? That, that's, that's the mashal he's giving. Of what, it, what, it, what it is to learn Torah, just if I'm only using my mind and there's no connection to something beyond me, I approach Torah. I'll be twisting it well, as much as I want. And even anything I actually touch in it, it's going to be just like we bumped into each other and bumped up. There won't be any true absorption. That Yichud you was talking about. And it's the low tam tam. Low tam tam. You don't have any taste in it. Vizoti filam. So he's, he's going to give us now, because where this leaves us is okay, well, that's great, but like, well, like to the kind of your question, Moshe, she's like, well, well, what am I supposed to do about this? Here you're saying, don't just use my mind. What do I use instead? Like, what, what? It's beautiful poetic language. It's touching. And I think just seeing like your faces, you've all had a sense or a taste, an inkling of, of maybe that there's something beyond the Torah than just something that I thought or not. And what is that deeper thing? So, yeah, we all know that we have a passion for it. How do we increase this kind of relationship with God? How do we bring ourselves closer? Okay. This is what tefillah is about. What is tefillah? Tefillah is purely a, it's like turning on the light. It's a, a lighting up and an inspiration of light. And it's specifically tefillah, is, about, is contacting something that is beyond the intellect. It's not purely intellectual. You cannot intellectually dominate. It doesn't, that's not davening. It's reading a book. You can't daven just with your mind. It, to actually daven by default, uh, by definition, requires heart, emotion, passion, giving something of your exertion, you were talking about before Yiska, giving of yourself into it. So, okay, right. yeah, we can all daven, we can all check off the, the list, we can all do it without doing any of this, but actual tefillah is something that touches something beyond just an intellectual exercise. Nobody ever says, oh, that's the smartest guy I've ever met, you should watch him daven. Right? Being a genius and davening are not necessarily the same thing. I'll just tell you, just because those words are... Uh, my, one of my chaprutot uh, and, and, and teachers, uh, Rabbi Hoffman, Arado, he's a student of uh, Rabbi Shlomo Tversky, told him that before the war in, in Europe, he used to daven in a minute of people who were called geniuses of tefillah. <laughs> he said these people used to say goodbye to each other before they said tachinu, in case they don't come back. I don't know what was going on there, but but what does it mean to be a genius of tefillah? It's not it's not being smart. It's being fully given over. 
What, what is it that you gain through Torah? What is it that enters into us through Torah? It's an or Our mind can become illuminated by Torah. It, it does involve our mind. Our mind is one of the main tools we use in our Torah. And that's where we can receive a, a ha'ara, a, a illumination, something enlightening. Right? You become a yodea through Torah. It's, it, again, it's still a, a knowledge-based thing. The, the, the pleasure of Torah is when you come to know something. But what is it when you're davening? What, what is it that can happen through davening? If for tefillah to really work, for, so for Torah to really work, you become enlightened. Your mind is awakened to something. But for tefillah to really work, you get just turned on and, and a, 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 a fire, fire spark in you. You've got nothing intellectual that you understood then. Something was just, you were just, you just became activated. But based on what we explained above, these two experiences, right, that, that da'at kind of experience, that seichel, knowledge kind of experience that can happen in the Torah, and that turned on kind of experience that can happen to the Fila, are actually two faces of the same thing. When it happens in davening, that Right, the keshen, the rain, again, the or, the thing that you're contacting, it comes, the etzem nafsho, it touches a core part of your being that has not yet been separated out into a knower and what that which is known. It's an undifferentiated dose of of light. It's you 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 contact something just without it being separated into parts. I'm thinking of. Chazal says about Yaakov, right? Yaakov banged into the place. Which Chazal says meant that he doesn't. Right? What was Yaakov's whole thing there? I, he wakes up and says, I had no idea this is where God is. On some level, like to understand what his tefillah there was, seems to have this kind of contact with something like, it just, it just knocked him off his feet. He was walking and he was all, it was like all of a sudden, like Rashi says, the earth stood up and smacked, you know, smacked his head again. Not something that he like sat there learning a Tosfos so till he was, oh my God, this is what Tosfos meant. And then, that's not what was happening. He, he, he came to a realization that he just never encountered anything like this. It was, it was an encounter. It was an encounter. A direct encounter. The, the, the aura of tefillah is something that just reaches and just, just smacks us. It's enough show. In the core of our, of our soul, in the core of our being. It's not this differentiated, partial droplet of here's where you have knowledge, here's the thing you have to come from. It's not an intellectual exercise. And it's also because in tefillah, it doesn't get fully absorbed into our body, bodily parts, the kleha the 
faculties of our of, of our body. She kach laatzmo rak pechinat yodei lebad. Lachen in shayach she tenba havana rak or shemita men. Tefila doesn't you don't use one part of yourself in tefila. People who who really take exercise seriously, you know, you have to work every muscle particularly. You can lift one weight like this, like a dead weight the whole time, but only this muscle is going to get, or these muscles, that, only the muscles that are being used are going to get strengthened by it. So that's a little bit like, like Torah. We're using certain parts of our of ourselves, certain faculties, to, to learn Torah, to get to the depth of Torah, to come to da'at of Torah. And, and it's a heavy use of our minds. Not only masecha, but it's a heavy use of the mind. It's channeled through the mind. It's feel that we're not using one part of ourselves. We are absor- absorbed in tefillah. And when, when tefillah, when we get activated in tefillah, then our whole self gets activated. Klomar ha'or shabalu b'sha'at ha-tefillah lomdo achar kach belimido. Listen to this. The light that comes to you when you daven, you go and learn afterwards How do you get to that place where you are Yodea seeking your Yadua in Torah? How do you get to the place where there's a part of you in Torah that you're yearning to come to know? It's because you absorbed it when you davened, but you didn't know it. The, the light that you absorb in tefillah becomes that light that's embedded in the Torah that you are seeking to come to. I was, it, it, like, it washed over me. I felt something beyond me when I davened, and now I want to go and know it. And if I didn't have that experience of there's something here to know, I would have no yodea. I would have no urge to come to know afterwards. There would be nothing for me to, to, to search for and to discover. It's awesome, right? It's awesome. There's something that's birthed in tefillah, but then can be is nurtured in, in Torah. Which, so where is this light? He says, meet lahed. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether is, is, the, is the, are we saying that the, the light that we get when we're in tefillah, does this come from our, from our own kovana? Is this like a something from our own heart, let's say, that is mashpia? Or is it Hashem giving this light what do you what When you've experienced something in tefillah, where does it come from? It, I, I would say once once I've experienced it, it's already within me. So, but I, it definitely doesn't. It's not something that's inherently within me. For sure, you can't it's, force it to happen. Right? You no, can't force no, sure tefillah to become an inspiring thing. You can do your. What does kavana mean? Kavnut. It's it's you're, you're preparing yourself. You direct yourself. You direct, and you hope that if you direct yourself in the right way in that moment, that that what you need to to meet there. Or encounter there can 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 happen. Two things that come to mind. Uh, one is uh, I heard this from, from one of my first uh, teachers, Rav Malaskahana. He said, "Davening is like uh, archery. Right? You spend a long time in positioning and and directing and you know, the bow, the the arrow. But then when you're there, you just have to let go. Someone, you just have to let go." You do your kavana, and then for the tefillah to happen is, is where, where you're letting go. Where you're not directing the shah. 
I just, just, I'll read this. Like, Klomar ha'or shebalu b'sha'at ha'tfilah, that undifferentiated life, that, that encounter with something just beyond you that's there, that you don't have specific understanding or knowledge of what it is. Lomdo acharkach b'limudo. That's when you fall in your When you, when you're learning Torah. B'tfilah, balo or shelo nitchalek bo hayodeh amin hayadua. What we contact in tefillah doesn't have knowledge and knower as separate things. Or v'nitzots hu hayodea v'hu hayadua. V'nishtashel achar kach v'gufo v'dato. It doesn't come in the form of a knower and knowledge in tefillah. We're not seeking to know anything in tefillah. We're just in davening. But afterwards, nishtashel the guf of adato, it starts to trickle into your body. It starts to trickle into your mind. And you can come to understand in your learning. It's you. What's happening is that 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 light that you received in tefillah is is now reaching your intellect. You're understanding with your mind that which came to rest on you. Just want to say, you know, religious people, how like do we think that it's the same God we dive into and the same God who we learn from? Like honestly, obviously we think, but but just the it's like it's like Tfilah and Torah are these two totally separate things. Like here to to do it right, I need to just kind of talk and pour, and maybe I want to feel something. And there's like this idea of the relationship of who I'm turning to. And when it's in Torah, it's like, I don't think that it carries over so much. That the one that I dive into is that I have a conversation here when I'm learning with the one that I dive into. Like the experiences, my orientation become very different. Right? And here he's talking about, he's like, you know, you, it's like you drank a huge gallon of, of, of water there, and now you're getting it in, in micro drops. You, know, you, you took in all of this, all of this stuff that it was beyond something you know. And then when you learn, you get it in its in its tzimtzum, in its more limited form, which becomes something that you can start to First of all, this this thing of Torah and Tefillah. When I when I'm reading this here, I hear like a lot of of, of Rabbi Nachman, like Torah and Tefillah, and the relationship between them is something he speaks about at length. Um, but but uh, very simply, he said, you know. He said, the Misnagim say, learn, learn, Torah, 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 learn, learn, learn. The Hasidim say, Tefillah, 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 Daven, 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 Daven. He said, I say, Torah, Tefillah, Torah, Tefillah, Torah, Tefillah, learn and Daven, learn and Daven, Daven, learn and Daven. We need to build that, that integrated hold between something totally beyond us and, and the, the, the coming to know, coming to know it. That arousal, that excitement that you experience in tefillah when you're learning then, that same thing is what can become revealed to you intellectually, in your mind. You have to know. Because you're feeling more But it's more than that. It's because, yeah, but it's because you... 
encountered that piece of you that now wants to wants to see completion. Right? The hitlavut of tefillah, that feeling that can just be explosive and all-encompassing in tefillah is then, I, I, I want to seek something more. I know what I'm missing now. And before I have that, I don't know that I'm missing anything. And I don't open up Torah looking for it to recover. And that comes from feeling closer. Yes. Right, in tefillah, we're able to touch something that's undifferentiated, but because in, when it comes to something that's seichel, that's, that's a, in using our minds, it's going to only be partial. And in that level, I'm only going to hold the part which is yodea, and the Torah is going to hold the part which is yodea. Right? It's not really. <clears throat> that the Hasidim Rishonim used to sit for an hour for a period of time and then only then would have Mishnah. But the Kamar asks a question about this. You know, they make a calculation that they're, if they're, they said that they would like meditate for an hour, daven for an hour, then meditate for an hour. So they're, they're, they're meditating and davening for nine hours out of the day. How was their Torah kept? How did they hold on to their Torah if they were meditating and davening for nine hours a day? And how did they ever get their work done? So he says, Why did they say, how was the Torah kept? How was their work Performed. Why didn't they ask, when do they have time to do, to learn Torah? They only say, Shmirah. Ki shmirah hi Shmirah, protecting, guarding is something that is only, we talk about something you already have. V'im lo lamdu, kashya ha'ich naset, And so if they hadn't learned, if they didn't learn, they would be asking, ha'ich naset. The Gemara will be asking, when do they have time to learn? But that's not what the Gemara asks. The Gemara asks, how do they hold on to it? Aval Kanal. Explain it based on what he said before. If they were really devoting nine hours of day to Avodat Tfila, then the Torah was there in their hearts. The question then becomes, how does that Torah that they absorb in their tefillah, nine hours a day of davening, you absorb all that Torah in your heart. The question doesn't become, how are you going to, where are you going to learn? The question becomes, when are you going to have time for that Torah to, to spread out into your limbs, to become a known entity in the more limited way? Do you hear the Chiddush here? If they daven nine hours a day, they were receiving all the Torah in the world. Because that's what happens. That, that's the beautiful thing here. The hitlahavut of tefillah, touching an inspiring place of tefillah, davening with passion, getting Torah on and really being in it, is not, from what he's saying, it's not like a spiritual luxury. You actually will not really come to know Torah without without that kind of experience. 
I'll ask it in a very simple way. How religious can you be if you never feel anything? How, can, how deeply can it really be something that you hold on to and, and care about? But he's saying the thing that you can feel in tefillah has all Torah in it. It's not like, like I said before, it's not that the God that you dive into and the God that you learn from are, are two different things. And it's not like, oh, this is like the real place to, to do Avodat Hashem and that's something that you're doing for yourself or because it's fun. Okay, maybe, you know, you've got to work on, on uh, being honest with, with what we do and whatever we're doing. But remember what we saw a few weeks ago that he says that it's a necessity to have moments when you're just beyond yourself and you don't, you don't understand it's fun. We, we have to have, a con have contact with something that's not just in the purview of our minds. We can't allow ourselves to remain limited by our limitations. We need to get what, what, what's, what we touch in tefillah is, is a connection of, of ourselves that's beyond this divided experience we have in our life. And when we touch something that feels like, oh, like here's, here's an experience of being whole, so then I can learn, I can look at the Torah and say, you know, there's wholeness for me in here. Somehow I can come to know myself in a, in a, in a more whole way. That the Torah holds in it piece of me that, is, 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 that I'm now, like, it's like the, the it's, it's like a giant magnet that's broken into different pieces now that are, that are going to be attracted to each other. But I'm not going to have the draw. I'm not going to have the passion. And I'm not going to find the peace that belongs to me in Torah if I don't touch something. That is awesome. That is an awesome thing to, to teach. Our spiritual lives are a part of one whole system. And they're affecting each other. And the God of Tefillah and the God of Torah are, are one thing. And the me in Tefillah and the me who learns are one thing. And what he's doing for us is he's breaking down and saying, this is the part of you that you get to experience and access when you dive in. It's something that's all-inclusive. That's the gift that Tefillah holds. And then it gives you an extra gift, which is... When you, when you come out of tefillah, you now can take that desire to know that part of yourself and, and channel it through Torah, and that's where you can find more of that missing piece. And it's like you get a whole big piece of it in davening, and then you get, you get, you get the, the digestible bite-sized pieces that has da'ats to it, that has articulation, that has word, that has form. Stop here and we'll continue with this piece next week. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Cohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.